Are you coming to the WIA Annual Conference Weekend? If you are, then bring your radio. Yes, your D-Star radio. Way of the future, I hear you say. Yep, it sure is. So we'll have the WIA Portable D-Star Repeater set up in Mildura for the full conference weekend. Listen out on the D-Star Repeater frequency of 438.150 MHz. Now, if you haven't registered for this action-packed weekend, you know we can still squeeze you in. Now, it's only a week away, and we do have well over 170 people coming to sunny Mildura, and we've almost reached the goal of the Sunraysia Radio Club Secretary, Noel Ferguson, and his dream to get 200 people to Mildura for the event. So, just in case you've been listening to some other frequency for the last few Sundays, here's a quick recap on what we'll be getting up to next weekend. On Friday night, we'll be having a small feast at the Settlers Club with some special entertainment arranged by Noel VK3FI and with special guest speaker Alan Cameron. On Saturday morning, the WIA will run its AGM and Open Forum, which will be followed in the afternoon by our tech program titled Technology to the Future, with presentations on the very latest in digital ATV transmitters, the latest developments in chirp radar systems, a video presentation with Jan King on the history of AMSAT satellite program, and of course, none other than the Helium Boys from Adelaide, the Project Horus team. Then, on Saturday night, it'll be time to unwind and enjoy a sumptuous meal at the Grand Hotel. Hey, did you know that the Grand Hotel is home to celebrity chef Stefano De Pieri? And need I say more? That food is just going to be amazing. On Sunday morning, we'll be having that much-anticipated launch of the very special Horus Weather Balloon, complete with amateur radio payload. Now, you can install some special tracking software on your laptop, feed the laptop's audio interface to your radio, and see the balloon's progress on its journey to, well, somewhere. You can also talk via the balloon's onboard 2 and 70 repeater, or you can chase the balloon to goodness knows where, be the first to recover the payload, and win the brand new Yaesu FT1900R transceiver. Now, for the more sensible folk... Well, you can book in on the paddleboat Mundu for its scenic riverboat cruise and a sumptuous lunch. Now, for everyone at home, remember that we'll be running that special event HF station from the paddleboat Mundu between 1100 and 1500 hours Australian Eastern Standard Time. So do listen out on the bands, I'd suggest 20 and 40, for special event station VK102WIA and remember that we'll be issuing commemorative QSL cards for all contacts made. And finally, as we mentioned last week, on last week's news, the perfect way to cap off any weekend would of course be a barbecue at historic Fergus Park, Nichols Point. And that, my friends, is exactly what we will be doing Sunday night at the historic park with LED lighting. So, if you haven't got round to registering for this fantastic weekend, jump on the net, go to the WIA website homepage, click on the conference weekend link, and fill out our online registration form. This is Robert VK3DN on behalf of the Sunraysia Radio Group, host club for the 2012 WIA Annual Conference. Hey, we'll have lots more on balloons in this broadcast, all going to time. 
We'll be hearing from VK5GR and we'll also uh, pick up from Amateur Radio Newsline and hear just a little bit more about a uh, very successful balloon launch over in the States just last week. Hello there, I'm Graham VK4BB. This is the WIA National News and, well, we'd better just say thank you. Thank you to all the WIA directors who have been giving us all that information over the last few weeks. Maybe I uh, just vented a little bit there at uh, different people to uh, get us the information, but everything seems back on track, so much so, you'll have to listen quicker so we can get through this news. ACMA released five-year spectrum outlook for 2012 to 2016. In another first for the ACMA, its key spectrum management publication, the five-year spectrum outlook, 2012-2016 has been released in a beta electronic magazine, an EMAG format. The new outlook is more streamlined and user-friendly and can be viewed using smartphones, tablets and PCs. You'll be able to share the information it contains through a multitude of social media applications like Facebook, Dig, Google Plus and Twitter, said ACMA chairman Chris Chapman. Only three months to go to the International Lighthouse and Lightship Weekend. And as it approaches, New South Wales has taken the Australian leadership of the event with 12 entries so far. So many thanks to the clubs and individuals in more than 30 countries who've entered the 15th year of the fun event, which puts on air the old era of navigation. In Australia, the order is second place VK7 on eight registrations, followed by VKs 3, 4, 5 and 6. Other nations with early high numbers of registration include Germany, USA, England and the Netherlands, who are among about 30 countries with 210 entries. International Lighthouse and Lightship Weekend is on August 18 and 19. Check it out. Visit the one and only website, illw.net. This coming week is Education Week in VK4 and the Caboolture Special School Amateur Radio Club Station is in the finals of the Educational Queensland 2012 Regional Showcase Awards in the Community or Industry Partnerships category. With an inside look, here is Ray, VK4, Charlie Fox. The awards are presented in Miraburra next Thursday, the 24th of May at the Brolga Theatre from 1.30 to 3.30pm. In 2007, the Caboolture Special School established its amateur radio club station, VK4, Hotel Bravo Uniform, to build students' vocational literacy, numeracy, communication, team, social, individual and community capabilities and has been a great success. The students are using amateur radio to improve their oral communication capacity by either listening uh, to a, uh, and using a range of uh, radio equipment or by talking on a range of radio equipment in various contexts. They've been able to transfer these skills to other radio communication contexts including the community radio station 101.5 FM, the local rural fire service, the Moreton Bay Regional Council workshops and a current project is the establishment of a digital streaming radio station for the Caboolture Historical Society. The club is using, will be using the call sign VK4HBU and will be setting up a portable station in the theatre using both 2 metres and some HF frequencies to show the application of amateur radio to some 200 state school principals, parents and other invited guests. Peter, VK4HOY from the Caboolture uh, Special School. Brian, VK4 Foxtrot Bravo Alpha Delta from the Caboolture Club. And myself, Ray, VK4 Charlie Fox, will be manning the station 
with students from the Caboolture Special School. Radio in your inbox. VK1WIA. Now podcasting to the world. Clubs are the backbone of organised amateur radio in any given location. Although it's entirely possible to live a full and busy amateur radio life outside of a club, there are many reasons why joining and participating in a club are beneficial to you. There is evidence that a person who has social capital will fare better in terms of their enjoyment of life and in their mental health. What is social capital? It's pretty easy, you've probably worked it out already. It's the things you do together with other people, the clubs and groups that you participate in, and the friends and family that you engage with regularly. So even before we look at the benefits to amateur radio, especially your amateur radio career, having social capital puts you in a good position to enjoy a socially healthy life. Now let's look at clubs. By participating in a club you get to share your own experiences and knowledge and at the same time benefit from others sharing the same things. A group of people working together in a club setting can bring about some great results that individuals would find it hard to achieve. In these days of increasing restrictions on what we as amateurs can do in our own backyards, we can look to clubs to provide a shack and have a decent crop of antennas. Where your radio activities may be restricted at home, in the club setting, you're back in the good old days. So there are lots of perfectly acceptable self-centred reasons for becoming a member of an amateur radio club and a load of other reasons to be part of a sharing community. So, if you've not considered joining a club, or you've fallen away from club membership and wondering why your amateur radio life has dulled down, stop a while and consider or reconsider your local clubs. The Wireless Institute of Australia supports amateur radio clubs by advertising them on its website, making affordable club insurance available, giving space in the amateur radio magazine for club reports and activities, and the club grant scheme. I'm Bob VK6POP. From the WIA News Hub in Brisbane and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed by VK1 WIA. Just a quick whip around VK. VK1 and over the last weekend, the 12th, 13th of May, Canberra Region Amateur Radio Club ran a foundation course and all seven candidates passed. So it's congratulations to Taylor, Kira, Brendan, Andrew, Mick, Nigel and Chris and we certainly look forward to hearing you on the air soon. Next Sunday, the 27th, in VK2, Amateur Radio New South Wales will be holding the regular bi-monthly Trash and Treasure at the VK2WI Dural site starting at 9am. Now, also in the morning are the regular assessment for all licence grades. In the early afternoon, the Radio Homebrew and Experimenters Group have their meeting with a lecture by Jim Omeris, VK2LC, on software-defined radios. And VK4, communication support, your help is needed in the north. Towards the end of May and well into June, hams in North Queensland look like having a bumper number of comms support events happening and help is needed in providing sufficient manning for the events. Family and support crews are also welcome to go along. Contact Gavin, Victor Kilo 4, Zulu Zulu. And in VK7, coffee mornings. We're told a very regular ham meet is informal coffee mornings each Monday and Friday at Friends Cafe in Jimmy's Complex of Charles Street, Launceston. Start time is 10.30 and it runs for 60 minutes. Hello, this is Grant, VK5 Golf Romeo, for the Project Horus Balloon Team, with some news about our forthcoming amateur radio high-altitude balloon flight being staged as part of the Wireless Institute of Australia's AGM convention next Sunday, May 27th. Liftoff of the balloon is planned for approximately 9am Eastern Time, from Mildura in northwest Victoria. 
The primary payload planned for this flight is a full cross-band 2m70cm voice repeater. This will be the first time the Horus balloon repeater is accessible from five states and four capital cities at the same time. At Apogee, the footprint will extend to cover VK1, 2, 3, 5 and 7, including the cities of Adelaide, Melbourne, Sydney and Canberra. The radio horizon will extend some 800 kilometres radius from the balloon and cover some 2 million square kilometres of southeast Australia. You'll be able to access the repeater on 438.9 MHz using a 123Hz CTCSS tone and you can listen to the downlink on 147.5. APRS will also fly under the callsign VK5ARG-11. We will also be flying our standard 300-board RTTY telemetry beacon, and that will be found on 434.075. Project leader Terry, VK5VZI, and all of the Project Horus team hope to hear as many amateurs as possible making use of the repeater during this flight. We also look forward to meeting those who attend the WAA convention in Mildura at our presentation during the Saturday lecture sessions. If you can't make the convention, you can find out more about our project by looking at our website, www.projecthorus.org. 73s from Grant, VK5 Golf Romeo for Project Horus. Right across Australia from VK1 WIA, you're tuned to the WIA National News Service. In Adelaide's southern suburbs, it can be heard on VK5 RAD 2 metre repeater at 0900 hours local. I'm Steph, VK5HSX, on behalf of the South Coast Amateur Radio Club. International news with thanks to IARU, RSGB, SARL, Southgate Amateur Radio Club, ARRL, Amateur Radio Newsline, NZART, AR Victoria and the worldwide sources of the WIA. I'm Jason, VK2LAW. Shenzhen's first maker fair. The first maker fair to be held in China took place in April. Classes teaching soldering proved especially popular. In recent years, there has been a massive upsurge of interest in electronic home construction with hacker spaces and maker fairs springing up across the UK, the USA, Japan and even one here in VK. The phenomena has also spread to China, with a mini maker fair being held in Shenzhen's special economic zone last month. The event attracted visitors from overseas as well as the hacker space in Beijing. 60 metre consultation. As of May 12th, Industry Canada began the consultation process to see final approval for the use of six channels in the 60 metre band. As part of the consultation, Industry Canada is seeking input on five items and Radio Amateurs of Canada, the RAC, feels it is important for amateur radio operators to comment on this proposal and indicate their preference for the rules governing the frequencies going forward. ON0EME 1296MHz Moon Bounce Beacon. This is probably the first amateur radio beacon to beam signals off the moon. Its aim is to encourage people to try and receive EME signals. According to a report in 432 and above EME News, the idea started in Sweden during the EME meeting in May 2011. After about 11 months of intensive work on the beacon, ON0EME started transmitting on 1296 MHz in the direction of the moon. OM0EME's total EIRP is about half a megawatt. The antenna is a solid 3.7 metre dish and it is active when the moon is greater than 10 degrees at its location. 
and a cap of high-altitude balloon soars to near 112,000 feet. Members of the Near Space Exploration Club at California's Anacapa School are celebrating the recent success of their second Near Space probe, one that reached an altitude of almost 112,000 feet. Amateur Radio Newsline's Don Carlson, KQ6FM, has the rest of the story. Five, four, three, two, one, go! That's the sound of a group of teenage near-space adventurers lofting a high-altitude balloon that would soon soar above California's central coast and then eastward towards the state's central valley. Called Anacapa Amateur High-Altitude Balloon 2, a student team for the Anacapa School launched two payload capsules tethered to a weather balloon on Saturday, May 5th, equipped with GPS, atmospheric sensors, high-definition video and still cameras, a television transmitter and a Geiger counter. The payload downlinked live data, video, and images during its ascent. Anacapa Amateur High Altitude Balloon 2 was designed and built entirely by students that included Alex Carlson, KG6UGF, and Genevieve Hatfield, KJ6UGH. They, along with non-hams Grayson Baglioni, Julio Bernal, and Christian Eckert, made up a construction and launch team that was under the supervision of faculty advisor Levi Maya, K6LCM. Two years ago, in September of uh, 20. Was it 2010 now? Uh, one of my students, Connor Proctor, uh, and I, uh, we got together and we're kind of talking about some of the headlines that we'd seen online about high altitude balloons and decided that it would be a neat project to bring to the Anacapa School in Santa Barbara. So we brought it to the headmaster of the school and said, we want to do this. And he said, what an awesome idea, and uh, was behind us 110% as we sought funding for the project and uh, put together a small team of students to spearhead the first launch. As the balloon climbed through the thinning air, the decreasing atmospheric pressure caused it to expand nearly 10 times in diameter. On reaching its apex above California's Central Valley, the balloon burst, sending the payload back to Mother Earth under the canopy of a small parachute. By reaching an altitude of 111,814 feet, this flight shattered the record of the group's own first balloon flight by more than 20,000 feet. Over complaints that were voiced on QRZ.com and other public websites by some Israeli hams, the AWRLDXCC awards desk has approved the current 706T operation from Yemen for DXCC credit. Amateur Radio Newsline's Bruce Tennant, K6PZW, is here with more. A small but vocal number of Israeli hams have been arguing online that the 706T from Yemen should not be allowed for DXCC because the operators refuse to make contact with 4X and 4Z prefix hams. They note that Israel is no banned country's list and, therefore, refusal of the 706T operators to contact them was at least a violation of the principles and the spirit of the DXCC program. While it's true that Israel has no banned countries list, many of its neighbors consider themselves technically in a state of war with the Jewish state and have been since its creation through partitioning following World War II. As such, these nations ban hams operating under their jurisdiction from making contact with their counterparts in Israel. The 706T operation reportedly has the support of Yemen's Ministry of the Interior, the Ministry of Information, the Ministry of Radio, and the Ministry of Telecommunications and Information Technology. So it's a pretty good guess not recognizing Israeli stations was a decree imposed by Yemen on the 706T operating team and not one of their own choosing. 
At airtime, it's not known if any of the protesting Israeli hams contacted the ARRL DXCC desk regarding this issue or if it was just another one of those cyberspace-only arguments. Either way, it came to an abrupt end on May the 5th. That's when ARRL Awards Branch Manager Bill Moore, NC1L, issued a news release stating that the current 706T operation from Yemen, along with the earlier 603A de-expedition to Somalia, have been granted DXCC approval. Both will be counted for DXCC credit. With the Amateur Radio Newsline, I'm Bruce Tennant, K6PZW in Los Angeles. The Work Told Britain Awards Group has organised special awards to coincide with the passage of the Olympic flame around the country. Various clubs around the UK will be operating from locations along the route used by the torchbearers for that particular day. They'll use the call signs G4WAB and G7WAB. The main call will be G4WAB. The exceptions for this being Shetland and Orkney, Jersey and Guernsey, when both call signs will be issued on the same day. There will be bronze, silver and gold versions of the award, depending on the number of stations worked. Full details, cost, route and club stations available on the web website www.worked-old-britain.co.uk From the WIA News Hub in Queensland and WIA News Studios across Australia, this is the National News Service, relayed by VK1 WIA. Operational news on Felix VK4FUQ. Special events and on-air contest column, Dateline 2012. VK Shires contest, June 9 and 10. VK Winter VHF UHF Field Day, June 23 and 24. Special events stations, DX and Vegan and NetAdvice. AWL DXCC manager Bill Moore, NC1L, reports that the current 706T de-expedition to Yemen and the February 2012 603A expedition to Somalia have been approved for DXCC credit. If you had cards that were recently rejected for the 603A operation, please resend an email to the ARRL DXCC desk. European Football Championship 2012 on the air. EFC 2012 is the on-the-air activity which promises to be a great deal of fun. Organised by Polish and Ukrainian amateurs affiliated with PZK, NUARL. From June the 1st to July the 5th, there will be numerous special event stations active on the air. They will be operating concurrently with the 2012 European Football Championship, which this year is organised jointly by Poland and Ukraine. There are two awards that can be earned during this period, as well as many interesting QSL cards and prizes. Brothers ZB3M and ZB2ER are using the special calls ZQ3M and ZQ2ER from Gibraltar through June the 10th, this to celebrate the Queen's Diamond Jubilee. ZS6RGV is the new operator on the Marion Island base. His equipment includes an ICOM IC736 transceiver and FL7000 amplifier. ZS1HF is going to help him with applying for a ZS8 call and will act as his QSL manager. Intruder Watch Enforcement Zone The April issue of the IIIU Monitoring System newsletter reports on a mysterious X signal from Israel on 7000 kHz, causing interference to the 40-metre amateur radio band. It also reports on the success of Chris G4BOH in getting the Ofcom Bulldog Monitoring Station 
to send an official complaint to the Tajikistan PTT regarding Radio Tajik on 14295 kHz, harmonic from 4765 kHz. Radio Myanmar interference on 40 metres. The South African Radio League Hamnet reports that Radio Myanmar has been found to be broadcasting illegally on 7110 MHz. The station is transmitting using full carrier AM from 1530 hours UTC every day and is causing interference on the emergency communications frequency. Steps are being taken to issue a formal objection but this takes time and the correct procedures need to be followed. Meantime, South Africa's Hamnet Emergency Communications Response Group has sent an official complaint directly to Radio Myanmar and requested that it move frequency. For VK1 WIA National News, I'm Felix, VK4FUQ Enningham. Good morning, this is Robert, VK3DN, with this week's Worldwide Special Interest Group News, Media Watch and Special Interest Group News. A bit of a milestone last Sunday in VK2. A new transceiver replaced the old unit on 20 metres, which enables news callbacks to again be taken after a gap of many years. It was not pre-announced, and only mentioned on its callbacks were about to be taken that VK2WI would take 20 metre callbacks. This brought eight out of the woodwork, interstate as well as local, one here in VK3, one down in VK7, two up in VK4, all indicating that they have an audience beyond their borders. And as an aside, this WIA year will have our very highest number of callbacks ever, probably about 120,000 plus, and some 40,000 of those are RF check-ins. Worldwide Special Interest Group's ARDF, famous Tark fox hunt happening soon. If you're in the vicinity of the Townsville region on Saturday, June the 30th, and you want to get involved in a fox hunt, then Tony VK4TJS wants to hear from you. Action will get underway at the secret starting point from 2pm. Worldwide Special Interest Group's VHF and above. The first 10 GHz EME digirecord has been established. Rex VK7MO and Alan VK3XPD are pleased to report on completing a QSO on 10 GHz EME with at one end a small portable station as would be used in field days. This result was achieved by taking advantage of predicted low liberation spreading so that the narrow bandwidth of JT65C could be employed using a program to automatically correct for Doppler and by using deep search averaging function in WSJT. Lunar liberation is the slow rocking back and forth of the moon as viewed from Earth, permitting an observer to see slightly different halves of the surface at different times. A feature of 10 GHz signals on EME is that while they vary significantly on a short-term basis with glints of a second or so, the average signal to noise varies only a dB. So between periods over several periods, and this steady signal to noise is useful for signal averaging. Allen VK3 XPD's equipment was a 10-foot dish with linear horizontal polarisation and an 80-watt travelling wave tube transmitter and a DB6NT receiver preamp into an IF receiver, FT817. The transverter, multiplier and GPS-locked oscillator is totally Aussie designed by Graham VK3XDK. Rex VK7AMO's equipment was a 64cm TVRO offset dish with linear horizontal polarisation and a DB6NT amplifier with 8 watts into the feed, 
Rex also used a DB6NT preamp and a transverter. And his IF receiver was an IC910H. So, a big congratulation to Rex and Alan on this great achievement. Well, that's all I have for you this week. This has been Robert, VK3DN, reporting from Melbourne. Hey, we have. We've reached it. We've reached the end of WIA National News, not only for this week, but also for this year. Yes, this WIA National Year, because next week, next Sunday, will be the very first of our new WIA Year's National News Services, and we'll be bringing you hopefully some news from the uh, WIA AGM and conference. And over the next few weeks, we'll certainly be bringing that. Also in our Rewind segment, time permitting next week, we'll be bringing you some Rewind news as the ARRL, the American Radio Relay League, plans their centennial. That happens in 2014. And of course, the Radio Society of Great Britain has formed a centenary working group and they're planning a number of events next year for the RSGB's 100 years. And with a bit of luck, we'll also be bringing you some news on the VK4, the old WIAQ, or now the QAC's 100-year celebrations, which happens this year. So until next we meet, as I said, with a brand new year, it is Graham here, VK4 Baker Baker, on behalf of all the contributors, all our rebroadcasters, we thank you, the listeners, to this, the WIA National News. This is VK1 WIA. All points of contacts from today's news stories are to be found in print when you read the web editions, www.wia.org.au. In the nation's capital, with amateur radio news from across the globe, this has been the WIA National News Service. Local news and callbacks follow on most affiliates. We'd appreciate you checking in. VK1WIA. We've reported. You decide.